What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Joe Pompliano is the founder of Huddle Up and also my brother. He joins us to talk about the brand new Major League Soccer and Apple TV deal. It's billions of dollars. It's going to end up trading hands here as the sport of soccer becomes much more popular across the United States. This is fascinating to learn more about, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Before we get into it, though, I first want to talk about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FTX US. FTX.US is the safe, regulated way to buy and sell Bitcoin and other digital assets. You can trade crypto with up to 85% lower fees than top competitors. There are no fixed minimum fees, no ACH transaction fees, and no withdrawal fees either. FTX.US is also the only leading exchange that supports both Ethereum and Solana NFTs. Download the FTX app today and use referral code POMP to earn these free crypto on every trade over $10. The more you trade, the more you earn. Go download the FTX app today and use referral code POMP. This episode is brought to you by Unstoppable Domains. They recently launched an awesome feature to level up your Unstoppable Domains profile. It's called Badges. They translate wallet activity into achievements, so celebrating, reliving, and sharing your crypto story has never been easier. Before, these stories were buried in transaction logs that were hard to read, making them difficult to find and understand as well. But since Unstoppable Domain Badges are awarded based on your wallet activity, they're a super fun, easy way to build on-chain reputation just by doing what you do, like supporting NFT projects, collecting domains, or holding crypto. Unstoppable domain owners can activate badges from their account profile page right now. If you haven't minted an NFT domain yet, go to unstoppabledomains.com right now to own your name, starting as low as $5. Again, head over to unstoppabledomains.com right now to get started. Today's episode is brought to you by Pipe. Crypto is all about giving the power back to the people, and our sponsor Pipe is doing that in a big way. Pipe is the world's first trading platform that allows you to trade recurring revenue streams for upfront capital. And with Pipe's new API, companies with recurring revenue can build seamless embedded financing options into their platforms. One of the most interesting uses for Pipe's new API right now is Compass Mining's Mine Now, Pay Later, which powers payment plans on Bitcoin mining hardware so more miners can start or scale with a smaller upfront investment. Whether you're looking for mining hardware or scaling any business with recurring revenue, check out Pipe to access growth capital with no loans, no dilution, no restrictive covenants or warrants, just growth on your terms. And right now, Pomp Podcast listeners can access tens of thousands of dollars, even millions, fee-free for 12 months. Whether you are a Bitcoin mining company looking to enable financing for your customers or a SaaS, DTC, or any business that has recurring revenue, sign up at pipe.com slash pomp. Again, pipe.com slash pomp to start trading today. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. What are you going to teach us about today? We're going to talk about Major League Soccer and its new deal with Apple. 
Okay. I Big care because Apple's involved. Uh, soccer, I feel like not that many people in America care about Major League Soccer. I think they might. A lot of people care about soccer, football internationally, so still yes. big sport. Okay. Uh, but they just signed a big deal with Apple. Okay. And it's worth talking about, not only because it's a major sports league and it's a big deal, uh, but they're really going all in on this streaming you know, uh, media rights deal now. So they signed a, a 10-year deal uh, with Apple where they'll be the exclusive provider of every single MLS game. So they're still going to try to work out a couple deals with linear TV providers like ESPN, Fox, et cetera, mm-hmm. but they will be simulcast. Every single game will be on Apple. So every single game globally, you'll be able to watch it on Apple TV for Major League Soccer. So even if it's somewhere else, Apple will still have Apple it will have every single game. They may put some or try to sell some to ESPN, Fox, et cetera, but they won't go for that much money because it'll be simulcast on on Apple TV, right? So they and, have the exclusive rights. And this is Apple TV like I watch on the TV this, with the smart app. So there's a bunch of nuance to this, but yes, uh, but they're also going to make an MLS subscription service, an app within their app, right, where okay. people can pay a monthly fee and get extra access and all these things. So the, the, the easiest way to look at the deal is they're paying $250 million. Apple's paying Major League Soccer, which is $2.5 billion over 10 years. That's their old deal was ninety million dollars a year. So you go from ninety to to two fifty, right? Which is uh, two point eight times more. And the interesting part, though, is that that two hundred and fifty each year is a minimum guarantee. So Apple has to pay them two fifty a year, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But they have the opportunity to earn additional income depending on subscription sales, right? So it's kind of like an affiliate deal of some sorts where if you you, you sell more and they can uh, justify it for the money that you're bringing into the subscription service, they'll pay you more, right? Mm-hmm. So it's actually kind of uh, unique and historic in that sense because in a lot of ways, when the NFL does a deal with ESPN or so forth, like the deal is done, you're getting paid that X amount of money, they produce the game, et cetera. What's happening here is Apple obviously doesn't produce live sports. So uh, they're doing MLB now, but what they're going to make Major League Soccer do is Major League Soccer will be the ones actually putting together these game broadcasts. They're going to be producing all of the matches. And we can get into a little bit about what that means from a monetary perspective, but there's several other unique things that I think are probably worth talking about too. For example, uh, an undetermined amount of Major League Soccer games will be on the app for free. So some of them you have to have a subscription for, some you have to pay for, or some will be free. The new subscription service will have no blackouts, which is different than other subscription services historically in sports. Usually they still have blackouts to incentivize people to go to games and so forth. No blackouts for this. Season ticket holders of a club will receive free access. And the plan is to now change up the schedule. So most of the games are either on Wednesday night or on Saturday night because they want to create these, uh, what they're calling whip around shows, which is basically like NFL red zone. So they want to create these shows where they can view a bunch of games at once. It's appointment viewing now and you know, Wednesday night, Saturday night, those are when Major League Soccer is playing. Sounds good. But while everyone is saying this is uh, an awesome deal, it's incredible, it's innovative, they really went all in on streaming, I'm not so sure uh, it's probably as good as people think. Okay. And, and, and there's several reasons for that. I think, one, uh, Major League Soccer is growing, right? It's a growing sport. You have to get as many eyeballs on it as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool to go and streaming, and I think everyone understands at this point streaming is going to be a huge part of sports viewership in the future. Amazon is obviously uh, contributing a lot of money. They're paying a billion dollars a year for NFL access. Major League Baseball has done a deal with Apple, and now Apple is doing this also. So it will be much bigger in the future. But the cable platform and the distribution channel is still much bigger than Apple TV Plus right now, right? So you're sacrificing eyeballs, in my mind, to to get some extra dollars in the door. And the reason why I think they're doing that, and again, this is just kind of my hypothesis or theory here, is that uh, expansion fees have been driving a lot of growth in, in Major League Soccer. And if you look at Major League Soccer franchise values today, they've skyrocketed over the last few years. The average franchise is now worth $550 million, which has doubled in just the last three or four years. And if you look at this list, we have five teams here. The top three are approaching billion-dollar valuations, right? Los Angeles FC is worth $860 million. 
Atlanta United is worth $845 million. LA Galaxy is worth $835 million. That's like NHL money, right? Those, those valuations are now increasing tremendously. And the reason why this is happening that I don't think most people realize is that the expansion fees the league has been getting, they've added 10 teams, I think, over the last few years that are either playing currently or will be playing soon. Uh, those teams have been paying a lot of money in expansion fees. So if you look at uh, Cincinnati and Nashville, they each paid $150 million to join Major League Soccer. St. Louis and Sacramento paid $200 million each, and Charlotte paid like $325 or $350 million to join Major League Soccer. And what happens is those fees are then distributed throughout the other teams in the league, right? Because you're giving up a share of the media rights and everything else. And so those fees that they pay to get into the league are then distributed to other teams. And those fees have been driving a lot of the revenue growth, which is where the multiple come from for the valuations. So for instance, uh, according to Forbes, the 23 teams that played in Major League Soccer during the 2018 season combined for $100 million in losses. Even worse, only seven of those teams turned a profit, and of those seven teams, only three of them made $1 million or more. So basically, every team's either losing money, and the few teams that are making a little bit of money, they're barely making any money. Are, are they making money because of the actual advertising like in stadium and on the jerseys and stuff, or do they make money on like ticket sales and like actual like fan engagement? Yeah. So it's the same for every professional league really in the United States, which is uh, the media rights are supposed to drive the majority of the income, but sure they have different revenue streams. They have ticket sales, they have sponsorships, they have merchandise, they have all of those things, just like every other league. But the problem is that when you're expanding this quickly and you're growing this quickly, most estimates put that they need a media deal that pays them like $500 million a year for every team to be profitable. Right? There's certainly going to be some outliers and big markets that are able to make more money than others, but ultimately a $500 million a year uh, media deal is what will make every team profitable. So my opinion is right that not only is the $250 million number per year a little bit deceiving. Why? Because you have to do the production costs, which is about $50,000 per game, they say, or they estimate. That's about $50 million a year in, in costs related to that. And then the other thing you have to think about is that Apple TV now owns the local rights too. You can no longer sell local rights. They own all of the rights to Major League Soccer. So Forbes estimates, again, that each team was earning about $3 million or could have been earning about $3 million from local TV money, which is $85 million in total money. So if you subtract that plus the production costs, now you know we're, we're under $150 million a year. Uh, so again, there, there's some uh, nuance to this and some, some creative gymnastics when it comes to the math behind it. But ultimately, the number is probably a little bit deceiving at the top line, 250. Maybe they can earn money through subscriptions or whatnot. But the reason why I think they did this goes back to the valuations because Major League Soccer teams are being valued at 12 times revenue. But if that revenue, not only is it 12 times multiple, much higher than other sports leagues, traditionally sports leagues, sports teams are valued at six times revenue or something similar to that. Major League Soccer is growing, so they get double that. That's, I mean, a SaaS company or something relative, yep. right? So it's, it's much higher than you would expect. But- that's also a problem, even an even bigger problem, if the revenue number is inflated, right? And my my point being, revenue numbers are inflated because of expansion fees. And now those expansion fees are going to stop or should be stopping soon because they're at or around 30 teams now or clubs that will be playing either currently or will be playing soon. And once those $350 million fees stop coming in, yeah, you got to have a big media deal. So Major League Soccer and its commissioner, Don Garber, have been going around for the last several months, if not years, saying that they're aiming for a $300 million per year deal. They didn't get that, obviously. And my guess would be that they ended up agreeing to this deal with Apple TV. One, because, sure, they're looking into the future. It's very cool. It's awesome. But at the end of the day, I bet they couldn't find a linear TV partner to give them that. 250 was the highest Apple was willing to throw at it because they have this, this massive pile of cash. It's a good bet for them. And uh, 
you got to think about it. Major League Soccer, they average just under 300,000 viewers on ESPN right now. It's it's a good size, but it's not massive. Um, so my guess is that they tried to get that number much higher, weren't able to do it, settled for 250, even though it might sacrifice some short-term kind of uh, growth from a viewership perspective. Now they're going to go try to monetize this in other ways. And if you're Apple TV, it probably makes a lot of sense because if you just think about it from a subscription basis, Messi, Ronaldo, like those guys are getting older. There's already rumors that Messi might come here within the next few years. They have a 10-year deal locked in, which covers the next World Cup, next couple World Cups, right? And if Messi comes to the league, like how many people are going to go buy Apple TV just to watch Messi? It's, you, th- it's, you think that that's possible he'll come? Yeah, I, I, I think Messi will come eventually. I think Major League Soccer— like Beckham did? Yeah. I think Major League Soccer, similar to Beckham, will offer him a deal that just is a no-brainer. Whether it's Major League Soccer or a team— He's just going to bring so many fans. He's going to bring so much money, even from just a sponsorship perspective, uh, to make it a no-brainer, right? And if you're Major League Soccer, that's okay. In my mind, like that's okay if that's your MO right now, that you are a retirement league for the world's best players. You'll, it'll change, right? You need more money to be able to attract more people. And once you get more revenue, once you get more profit coming in, you're able to go buy better players. You're able to invest more in your clubs. You're able to do all these other things. Mm-hmm. So if you have to start out by getting older players to come over here and retire, that's fine. And then next thing you know, you have more money, more money, more money. It's the same thing with the NFL. It's the same thing with basketball. If you look at basketball, it's a global game, but why do people come to the NBA? Because it's where they get paid the most, right? It's the biggest, it's the most profitable. And if you can create that in soccer, that's obviously going to be really, really, really difficult what you're going up against in Europe and the Premier League and everywhere else. But once those fees get higher, you're obviously going to be able to raise the quality of talent. How do you make people in America care about soccer in the same way they care about it in Europe or elsewhere? I think you need better players. Right, you the, quality the quality of the, play. of the players. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not even comparable, really, to to soccer internationally, right? Uh, if you look at the Premier League or the Champions League or any of these other high level yeah. competitions, it's just different, right? And uh, you obviously need better players. You you need better developmental systems. There's the promotion relegation system, which people really like, uh, and it's just also ingrained in their culture, right? In the United States, if you don't play soccer growing up, it's highly unlikely that you're going to get into the sport later on. Over there, mostly everyone plays uh, some level of soccer at some point. So Mm -hmm. it's ingrained in you. But I do think that it has some structural advantages on other sports. Like in my mind, it's just a matter of time before uh, Major League Soccer overtakes the NHL. One, because the NHL, we've, we've seen this for decades now, it's not growing, right? It's not uh, growing relative to where it should have been in other sports leagues like the NBA, NFL, et cetera. But also, uh, you have to look at youth participation. So not only are younger generations not care as much about sports and live sports in general, but uh, hockey doesn't necessarily have those same stars. And the participation rate at, a, at younger ages for kids is much, much, much lower because you need uh, ice, you need skates, you need all the equipment, you need all these things. For soccer, you just need a ball and a goal, right? You could even make a goal. So uh, the participation rate in the United States is much higher, and I think that will end up driving most of the growth, right? If you can get younger people to play, if you can get them interested in it, if you can get homegrown talent, that becomes much bigger. And I think it's just a matter of time before that becomes at least bigger than the NHL, and then you start thinking about other sports after that. If you're watching this right now, leave in the uh, comments, what team do you cheer for uh, in soccer? It could be in the United States or uh, or international. I'd love to see what everyone's uh, what, what their teams are. What's the most valuable? Um, uh, what's the most valuable soccer team in the world? Uh, it's probably Real Madrid or Barcelona. I think it was Barcelona last year. It's probably Real Madrid this year. Yeah, it's crazy. How, how much do you think they're worth? Uh, billions of dollars. Yeah, they're like top ten most valuable sports teams in the world. What, what do you say to somebody who says soccer is glorified kickball? <laughs> that was someone he said in the chat. I say that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's uh, but if you look like. Many of the people 
who are discussing, you know, who are dropping in here. It's international, right? You got Barca, Madrid, Inter Milan, uh, Sounders, Dallas FC, Guadalajara, Chivas, Atlanta United, Atlas FC, Orlando City, Chelsea, Man U, Orlando City, uh, Barcelona. Um, is Orlando City, is that like literally Orlando? Yeah. And and it's, uh, uh, what what are the MLS cities? You have Orlando. There's a bunch. I mean, there's yeah. 20, 26 or 27, maybe 2018. Yeah. Is, and Miami. Uh, yeah, Miami. Inter FC or whatever. Yeah, they're, Inter, they're in there yeah. as well. Yeah. The other thing too is like uh, MLS has a bunch of international competition here, right? The Premier League deal with, I, I believe it's NBC, is like $2.7 billion mm-hmm. right now, right? So if you have massive Premier League viewership, which also is on usually on uh, weekend mornings, and you're not competing with other sports, so they have high viewership. And then international leagues, uh, like the Mexican League, Liga MX, right? Those have big viewerships. A La Liga, all these leagues have big viewerships here already. So you're competing with people and eyeballs that are watching external sports leagues, which is obviously very difficult when you're trying to build one internally. The big, uh, big advantage that they have, right, is people can go to games. So if you live in a city, you go to a game, maybe you start following the team after that. Major League uh, Soccer has tried, I think, at some level to to make them more accessible. It's obviously uh, difficult to some degree, but I think that's their real shot is if you can get people to care about the team in their local community, then it starts to spread outward uh, because they could watch, you know, if you can watch Messi on TV, if you can watch Chelsea on TV, if you can watch these other teams on TV, why would you care about the MLS team if the quality of play isn't nearly as good, right? So the advantage that they have that I think they need to exploit to some degree and get better at is getting people to care about their local team. And then that's what ends up spreading the virality of, of fandom. Yeah. I think, um, I think soccer will likely become much more popular in the United States. I, I bet you it's more popular than we think it is in the United States. Like if you look at the actual data, some of the, way, some of the stuff you're pointing out. Um, and I also think that it'll continue to increase. And so, I think NHL is going down or not growing, but baseball I think has also been trending down. Right. Yeah. 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 So like MLS likely will. End well, up. and it's a, it's an international game, which I think has huge yeah. advantages. What we've seen with formula one and other sports, uh, but it's also the most popular sport in the world, right? People play it again, to my yeah. point, you oh, just need sure. a soccer ball and, and you can go play it. So somebody in the chat said that the Mexican soccer league is the most watched soccer league. Yep. In, in, uh, more watched than the premier league and the MLS combined. That's crazy. In the United States. That's wild. Yeah. And and that's uh, a big population plus highly engaged with uh, with soccer or what's driving that? Well, we're on the border of the Mexican soccer league, right? So most of it is driven primarily from southern states. Uh, And then, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, it's obviously an extremely popular league and sport relative to where we are location wise. But it is pretty shocking that the United States has a league now and that is still viewed by more people because you have to think about all the immigrants and people that come over here. Obviously, that's their league. Uh, And obviously it's it's a high quality of play. And so if we if we went and we moved to Canada, we'd still watch the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and my point, though, is uh, was exactly that, that that's a real challenge for the MLS for Major League Soccer to overcome is that you're not only competing to build a sport with other sports leagues, but you're competing against your own sport internationally. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, so yeah. the Premier League is obviously popular. The Mexican League is popular and all of those. So you, you really have to overcome a lot of things. And, and a lot of that has to be driven by your local team. For the record, I'd go to Mexico, not Canada, if given the choice between North or South. <laughs> I'd definitely go to Mexico. <laughs> I just, just throwing it out there. I mean, would you? I, I don't know. I don't know how that has to do with Major League Soccer, but well, Mexican Soccer League is uh, popular. I would want to go check it out. Yeah, we nice. should go to a Mexican league game. You gotta be careful what game you go to, but yeah. Oh, really? I mean, <laughs> that, that there's, yes. there's some. Uh, just, just do yourself a favor, and uh, I'll show you on Twitter after this some videos. 
Ooh, okay. All right. Thanks so much for coming in and uh, educating us today. Uh, also, uh, can I say, I, I needed Joe to do me a favor today. I uh, I didn't have time to go get a coffee, and he slid this this little coffee right here. This is a Joe special, so thank you very much for uh, for bailing me out there. I'll Venmo you uh, for the uh, coffee plus tax. You were fiending for, for coffee. I was. I was dying. You asked me like five times. I was about dying. The I was like, bro, give me the caffeine. I was like, I got the coffee. All right, where man. can we send people find you on the internet? <laughs> Readhuddleup.com. R E A D. Huddleup.com. Bro, when you say it, you got to do this, this is what we need you doing, like this right here. The, huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. The business and money behind sports. Readhuddleup.com. For anyone who doesn't know, when you run the two minute drills, huddle up, huddle up. I also dropped a new podcast today, The Joe Pomp Show. Apple, Spotify, With wherever who? you get your podcast, you know. Uh, Amith, he actually runs Religion of Sports, which is a production company that Tom Brady and Michael Strahan started together, making big moves. They just raised 50 million bucks. We talked about uh, everything they got going on. Really good podcast. I enjoyed it. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, your boy it. hit 400K, by the way. Shout out. Let's hit it. Who, who are you shouting out? Myself. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't shout out yourself, no one will. Let's go. Goodbye. <laughs> See y'all. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you're looking to try to transition to get a new job in the Bitcoin or crypto industry, we've got you covered. Head over to pompscryptocourse.com. We've developed a curriculum with the top teams across the industry. It's a three-week intensive training program with over 50 events packed into that three-week time period. Go to pompscryptocourse.com to learn more and I'll meet you guys for the next episode.